The church like Christ, the puzzled and obedient. Puzzles can be fun and frustrating. Those puzzles that are fun are the ones that I feel confident I can solve. Solving these puzzles brings a sense of accomplishment. Those puzzles that are frustrating are like puzzles that do not come with a picture showing the end result. God sometimes has given puzzles that are frustrating, as Lilith pointed out this morning in our Bible class. But we are a people who have faith in God. We might not see nor understand the complete picture, but if God wants us to do something, he asks us to be obedient to him even when we don't fully understand. This is called an obedient faith in God and Christ. Scripture shows that there were those who were obedient to God even though they did not understand fully what was going on, like Noah, Abraham, Joseph, Moses, King David, Jonah, Esther, Ruth, John the Baptist, the apostles, and all those who follow Christ. These and others were asked to have an obedience of faith, even in the times of puzzlement. The lesson is called the church like Christ, the puzzled and obedient. Three points are Ananias, the fearful and concerned. So the first point in the church like Christ, the puzzled and obedient, is Ananias. Ananias was a disciple of the risen Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ himself spoke to Ananias in a vision. The Lord said to him, Ananias, and he answered, Here I am, Lord. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. Now, if I had a vision, I would probably be more like the child Samuel. Then the Lord called Samuel and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and laid down. I would have no idea who was trying to talk to me. First Samuel chapter 3 verses 4 through 5. I might think it was someone in my house. The challenge for Ananias was not the vision. It is what Jesus wanted him to do. Spoken about in the vision. Which comes up with the puzzle. Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man named Tarsus, named Saul. He is praying. And he has seen a vision of a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Acts chapter 9, verses 11 through 12. So Ananias was told that he was going to do what he was going to do for Jesus. He was also told Saul had already seen a vision of him doing this. So it seems like it's going to be a done deal, doesn't it? But Ananias was puzzled. He was really puzzled. 
the puzzle was God wanting to help Saul. Saul persecuted the Lord's people and committed great acts of evil. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who came, come, call on your name. Acts chapter 9, verses 13 through 14. Have you ever questioned God's thinking? I see a lot of affirmatives out there. Have you ever been confronted with a puzzle that you did not understand? Has God ever said to you that he wants you to have an obedient faith to his will? Well, if you read the Bible, you would, you would know that he has asked you that. The death of a spouse is hard to understand. Trusting God during a financial downturn can be difficult. But should that stop us from having an obedient faith in God? No. The, the obedience. Jonah is a prime example of someone who chose not to be a willing participant. He chose not to have an obedient faith, at least at first. He chose to face God's discipline. But Ananias, although puzzled and perplexed, listened to Jesus. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name, Acts 9, 15 through 16. So not only was Ananias perplexed, he listened to Jesus and he obeyed. So Ananias departed and entered the house, Acts chapter 9, verse 17. The church like Christ, the puzzled, and obedient. The second point is the fearful. At one time, Saul was feared. Not only Saul, but the Jewish leadership. Followers of Christ knew the fear they had was only physical persecution, not a fear of their salvation. Jesus said, if you recall, in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, Do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body and soul in hell. Matthew 10, 28. But as a proud persecutor of the way, Saul had tremendous power to throw people in prison. He was feared. But Saul became a follower of Christ. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight, and he rose and was baptized. And taking food, he was strengthened, Acts chapter 9, verses 18 through 19. But the disciples in Jerusalem were puzzled. They were puzzled. And when he, talking about 
Saul had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him. For they did not believe that he was a disciple. Can this persecutor really become a disciple of Christ? It's a ruse. He must be faking his allegiance to Christ. But he was immersed into Christ for the forgiveness of sins. We did not see it. No, he did it just to infiltrate and capture us. Have you ever thought about this from worldly people who have been worldly people for a long time and then they turn to Christ? Do you struggle with trust? Are we willing to reach out to new Christians? Can that previously known drunkard be a sincere Christian? Can that previously known mean lady now be a sincere Christian? Can those who lived against Christ now be sincere Christians? We know that many disciples of Christ left Jerusalem because of persecution at the hands of Saul. And this resulted in the spreading of God's word to other regions. That's the big picture they might have not understood at the time. After Stephen was murdered, Scripture says, and Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the region of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles, Acts chapter 8, verse 1. Were those who feared Saul in Jerusalem when Saul came visiting and trying to be part of the disciples, were they relatives of someone, some of those who were thrown into prison? Were they people who were in prison and beaten and then released? We don't know. But what we do know is that they knew who the persecutor Saul was. So they were puzzled. Now let's see their obedience. Saul was obedient to Jesus. Not only was he immersed for the forgiveness of sins, Acts chapter 9, verse 18, he started proclaiming Jesus in Damascus, where he was at, Acts chapter 9, verses 19 through 20. And then he started proclaiming Jesus in Jerusalem. Even though the disciples at first were very fearful of him, he went ahead and proclaimed Jesus, Acts chapter 9, 28 through 29. Those distrusting disciples were puzzled, but ultimately they showed their obedience of faith in Christ. Barnabas spoke to the apostles concerning Saul and said, yeah, he's a true Christian. Acts chapter 9, verse 27. Eventually the people saw that Saul was authentic toward Christ in his preaching. Saul was so effective at his preaching, those outside of Christ now wanted to kill him. Acts chapter 9, verse 29. And his acceptance with the disciples was secure. The church like Christ, the puzzled and obedient. The third point is the concerned. And this deals with Acts chapter 10. 
around the subject of Peter and Cornelius. Peter fell into a trance. We see in Acts chapter 10, verse 10. He saw a sheet come down from heaven with all kinds of animals, reptiles and birds. The voice says, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Acts 10, verse 13. But Peter said, no, no, I can't do that. This is unclean. And the voice came back. What God has made clean, do not call common. Acts chapter 10, verse 15. Cornelius, previously in the chapter, saw a clear vision. I find that interesting that the word clear was used. As if visions are sometimes blurry. I don't know. But he saw a clear vision. And it was an angel of the Lord. Acts chapter 10, verse 3 in Scripture said, And he stared at him in terror. In terror. Can you imagine? Evidently, knowingly seeing an angel of God was not a common experience. Ever. Ever. He stood and looked at him in terror. So after Peter saw his vision, he was concerned. Now, while Peter was inwardly perplexed, that's another word for puzzled, bewildered, as to what the vision that he had seen might mean. So you got Cornelius getting this vision. Now you have Peter getting a vision. And both of them are somewhat perplexed about the whole thing. So here's the puzzle. The puzzle was given to Cornelius, Peter, and in context, the church, the people itself. Did Cornelius fully understand what was going on? No. Did Peter fully understand what was going on? No. Did the body of Christ fully understand everything after it happened? After Peter understood, he began and explained to them in order, talking about the church who was trying to figure out why the Gentiles, why is Peter going to the uncircumcised? Why did he go to their house? He explained to them in order. I was in Joppa praying, and then in a trance, I saw a vision. And now you have the whole story explained. And for those who know this story, we know it was about now reaching out to the Gentiles. Those who were circumcised, those who were not Jews. Though Peter and Cornelius understood God's direction after the events happened, others were still puzzled. Doesn't that happen often? Somebody goes, yeah, I got it. I got it, this one. I got that one. And then you got others going, I still don't get it. I still don't get it. I'm still puzzled. Now, the apostles and brothers who were going through Judea heard that the Gentiles also had received the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, you went to uncircumcised men and ate with them. 
Acts chapter 11, verses 1 through 3. Bill's class kind of led into this similar thinking when he was talking about the synagogue leader. How dare Jesus do such and such? They were more concerned about their status quo than they were about what Jesus was doing and who he was. These people whom scripture calls the circumcision party were more concerned about the uncircumcised and eating with them than the, than the obvious gift that God is giving to the Gentiles. It's backwards. So, we come to the obedience. When faced with the puzzle, who is God more happy with? The obedient or the disobedient? Cornelius was obedient and sent men to find Peter in Joppa. Acts chapter 10, verses 1 through 8. He didn't understand the whole thing, but he was obedient. Peter was obedient to the Spirit by going to Cornelius' house. He was kind of perplexed, but he went because he was obedient. Acts chapter 10, 19 through 23. There Peter proclaimed the message of Jesus, and they were saved. Not only did Peter understand that this was the right thing to do, it was confirmed by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10, 44 through 48. Sadly, we see in the book of Acts, a new nemesis is starting among the body of Christ. They are called the circumcision party, as Scripture refers to them. These show their disobedience to God's direction. And their disobedience continued, as we see in Galatians chapter 2, verse 12. For certain, there are some things that are hard to understand. I think we can all agree with that. And we, as Christians, can be puzzled. We can be perplexed. We can be bewildered. But we have the Word of God, don't we? And with that, we need to have an obedience of faith. What puzzles you? Are you praying for answers? Are you willing to be obedient to God's direction that's given to us in Scripture, even though you might not fully the puzzle you're dealing with today? The lesson is called The Church Like Christ, Puzzled and Obedient. Ananias, the Fearful and the Concerned.